there. So I th- by time people hear this, I think you'll be in another country, Mark. Oh, my God. Yeah. Really? I think so. That sounds scary. You sending me somewhere? Dude, you're supposed to be grinding all the time. What are you doing? Grinding. Going to another grinding. country. Oh, I'll be grinding, but it'll be a different hey, way. Hey, hey, this is a family show. It's a family-friendly podcast. Plus, your your son listens. Does he? No. Sometimes, What's right? Up, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. I just meant I was going to be working hard, no matter where I'm at. I don't know what you guys were thinking. I don't know what I was thinking either, but what I do you guys know are gross. is I wish... Well, no, I remember from... Well, maybe I don't want to bring Dude, it up. Dude, you've been... I don't understand what's going on. This mother... Damn what? This An open so box is an empty box. No, if it ain't full, it's empty. Wow. So we've been, I've been monitoring in SEMA over the past, well, this whole week. And he he got so nervous, he ran out. Mm-hmm. And I, I put it on uh, on social media, like what elite nutrition looks like. Yeah. And he was eating, uh, so Fair, uh, Fair Life mm-hmm. with Magic Spoon cereal. Keep talking. My pants are going down. Dipping a legendary foods uh, tasty pastry in yeah. all of it. Wow. Bruh. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm the one who finished all the cinnamon flavor. I'm the one who finished all the peanut butter. I'm about to be the one who finished all the chocolate magic. Spoon. Dude, come save some for the rest yeah, of well, us. Yeah, what happened? You better be eating. Yo, it just tastes hella good. And it's even, it's really uh, it's nice so, to eat on dry. Like, it's like a snack. It is really good. Uh, yeah. Just like, yeah, even without any milk, just kind of, uh, just keep it on keep it on hand for a little snack that has high high protein and low net carbohydrate mm-hmm. only four net carbohydrate per serving i think it's got like 13 depending on the box mm-hmm. yeah, man. grams of protein yeah. yeah pretty sick even if you were to eat the box it's not horrible in terms of macros i'm not telling you guys don't to do that don't do that but don't do that is the box designed that you can actually eat it <laughs> The uh, actual box? I think you could. They should make. They should work on that. <laughs> An ed- I mean, that'd really be magic, Damn right, it, Mark? Yeah, you are onto something. Mm-hmm. But crumple it up, throw it in there. I know everyone's been getting. I'm getting so many DMs about uh, Fair Life. I don't care, guys. It's old news. But um, <laughs> Fair Life milk or protein with Magic Spoon cereal, protein bomb, man. Yeah, it's protein on protein. Mm-hmm. Protein on protein. It's so good. Yeah, uh, Mark, did it pass the kids' test? My kids like it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's huge. That's how you know something's good because mm-hmm. kids don't care about macros. They don't care about whether or not something has protein. They just want to know whether or not does it taste good. My wife's been like, I don't know about this, and mm-hmm. then I keep, every time I turn around, she's munching on it. So. <laughs> she's like, I don't know about this magic spoon stuff. She's like, I don't know. It doesn't taste the same as regular cereal. I'm like, you need to give it a minute. It's mm-hmm. not not supposed to taste the exact same as regular cereal. It's its own thing. It's yeah. its own category. But once she got used to it, she's like, I do like this. Let me also say this though, because. A lot of people are like, can you save me some? Yeah, I'll save you some. Thank you. A lot of people are like, oh, it doesn't taste like regular cereal. Number one, regular cereal, my guys, my people, let's just be real about that. That shit ain't good for you. The amount of sugar, it, it tastes great because it's literally a, a, a freaking bowl of pure sugar. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, the taste you can see, which is so good. Mm-hmm. It's too good. Mm-hmm. It is literally too tasty. Yeah. That's why you get like kind of addicted to that shit. Mm-hmm. This is really good. And once you get used to like the good taste of it, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is actually really good. And it's good for me. Remember that. It's really good and it's good for you. Yeah. And it's like, hey, man, I know you like mac and cheese, but it ain't good for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to kind of reel it in sometimes <laughs> a little bit and you need to just accept that sometimes uh, healthier options are just going to taste a little bit different, but... I'm enjoying the taste of this, and 
mixing it with a protein shake and some of those different things are, are awesome too. Yeah, I don't want any right now. I, might, yeah. I don't know if you're fasting or not, but and not anymore. Dump some right here. Just you I got, got a little arsenal of it <laughs> right there. So I uh, experienced the maple flavor, and that is my number one flavor thus far. Mm. They're all really good, but maple is really good. And um, the cinnamon, guys, I just got to try the cinnamon. cinnamon Cinnamon's really, really close. Good. I still mm. love the peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Peanut butter is still my favorite, but the cinnamon mm-hmm. versus maple, oh, I don't know. Yeah. It's a tie for me. Yeah, shout out to the <laughs> listeners because they were the ones that recommended cinnamon. So we mm. got on that shit, and it is incredible. Yeah. And if you guys want to save $5 off a of variety pack, head over to magicspoon.com slash power project. Uh, no code needed. Just hit. <laughs> I'm just laughing at these guys still over here cheating. I'll save you some, um, Andrew. Thank you. Uh, Maybe I'll just go steal another box. Mm. But, uh, yeah, no code needed. You guys will save $5 off that variety pack. Uh, when you go to magicspoon.com slash project, there'll be a banner up across the top kind of confirming that you're getting 5 bucks off. Uh, links to them down in the description as well as the podcast show notes. <laughs> you guys are going to enjoy it just like these grown men right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're both chewing, so Angie, you got to take the conversation, man. Yeah, I really am pumped for today's topic, though, because I remember, you know, when I first started lifting with Mark, I'd come in and be like, ah, like my shoulder hurts. And we'd bench or something, and every time I'd come off the bench, I'd be like, ah, like my shoulder. And then Mark just was like, hey, all that grimacing and rubbing your shoulder ain't going to do shit for your shoulder. Mm -hmm. So stop doing it. I was like, sorry. Okay, yeah. And then, But it made a lot of sense, and then... Uh, watching uh, him and you lift with Michael Hearn, same thing. Like, hey, don't wear it on your face. So that's what I tell a lot of people to do now. Like, don't wear it on your face. Let's make it look easy. And, you know, it took me a long time to figure out what the hell, like, this was all about. But once I started practicing it, I don't know, it just just made a lot of sense when you actually put it in practice. The idea of being strong in as many different things as you can handle is pretty sick. You know, and you think about maybe the things that you're, not really strong at at the moment. Maybe there may be certain things that you kind of, you're kind of, uh, I guess, weak with. You know, you, that you haven't built up resilience towards. But take some of the lessons you learn in the gym. Try to figure out a ways to reinterpret some of the pain, and maybe even like interpret it so differently that you don't even recognize it as pain anymore. So this is just a stimulus, and this stimulus is awesome. The interpretation thing you mentioned there, because we're going to get into more stuff here, but. After Andrew just said that, make it look easy, and then you're mentioning thing, the, the interpretation, um, your your physical reaction to something can show how you actually feel about it, right? So if you're doing something that maybe it is a heavy deadlift, maybe technically that's 500, 600, 700 pound deadlift for you is heavy, but if you make it look easy, meaning you're not wearing it on your face, you're not grimacing Maybe you're not having to, you know, get crazy for the deadlift and you just make it look easy and you go and do it. Like what I found is that by making things look easy, not only do they look easy to the viewer, they actually feel easy for me, the lifter or the practitioner of whatever it is that I'm doing. Um, That's why, like, you know, I started relaxing my like I, I first off, I started doing this because I had the book on becoming a supple electroburger by Kelly Sturette. And in his book, he talked about, I think he maybe was talking about the couch stretch or something like that, right? When you start doing these types of movements, it's weird. It feels, feels tough, especially if you don't have that mobility. And Kelly always says, don't wear the pain face, right? Don't do it. And what you find is that when you actually relax your face, it's easier to breathe. It's easier to breathe. It's easier to move into deeper positions. And that relaxing of the face and, 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 and just calming that down will make movements easier. 
and we'll make them easier to execute. Even from just like a range of motion standpoint, you know, it's going to be very difficult to move into a nice full range of motion that your body's very accepting of when you're wincing and when you got your butthole <laughs> clenched, uh, you know, uh, as, as hard as you can. And so you do, you, I mean, freaking said so uh, amazingly by Ed Cohen was oh. relax your taint, <laughs> which sounds like the silliest cue of all time. But I mean, you have to relax literally everything. And anyone that's ever done yoga or that's uh, listened to some meditation type stuff, um, you know, off of your phone or something like that, you'll realize that a lot of times the instructor, they'll start to walk you through the things to relax. And you're like, why in the fuck is that tight? Mm -hmm. They'll tell you, like, relax your big toe. And you're like, why is my big toe curled down like this? What am I doing? <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, I'm trying to relax in uh, this yoga class. And here I am, like, bearing down on everything. You know, relax your abdominals, relax your chest. And you're like, ah. And it just kind of helps you to kind of realign and recognize maybe there's better ways of doing this. During the seminar that we had with Ben Patrick, there was a gentleman, he was uh, doing some, uh, doing the Astagrass split squat, and he was getting in pretty good position for it. It was impressive. But I noticed, I, I saw kind of a wincing in his face, and I saw like around the eyes was tight, um, and then that was causing the jaw to be tight, and then all the way down, and I mainly saw it first in his neck. Mm. That's where you'll see it first, and I saw like a vein popping out. He wasn't going crazy or nothing, mm -hmm. but I saw a vein there, and I, and I saw kind of a, a neck flex and i'm like well he's stretching his lower body like why is his neck so tight you know but it's a new range of motion for him it was different for him and so i put my hand on his shoulder and i said hey breathe let's you know let's breathe into this let's work on this and so he took a breath i said no let's go in and out of the nose let's really control it i was like if you need to you can close your eyes you know and uh I said, just really try to relax. I was like, relax your neck, relax your chin, relax your jaw, relax your eyes. And then he went, ah, and he just went into this perfect position. He, he gained uh, a bunch of inches on his uh, mobility right then and there. And I didn't do anything. I didn't help him gain more mobility necessarily, but I gave him an opportunity to lean into something different because his body was so tense and so tight and so resistant to it. And guys, we, we, we realize that when you do when you're doing a big lift, when you're doing a big squat, a big deadlift, you got to tighten up. Like there, there are certain areas that need to be braced that need to be tight, right? You can still do this while not having the, it be super strenuous everywhere. What you said there when he had like, you know, the, the veins in his neck and he was like, mm, right. How hard is it to do something that's strenuous? Like, like, let's say that you're trying to build motivation to go work out every single day. And in all these workout montage videos, you see like a lot of bodybuilders and powerlifters, the things that you see that look kind of dope and that amp you up are lifters grunting really hard, like, ah, he, right? Getting amped up for a lift, screaming before lift, going, it's hardcore and it's cool, but can you do that five days a week? <laughs> like, like real talk. Can, can you build up the, the, nece the necessary energy to do that shit five days a week? I couldn't. That's too fucking strenuous. That's too stressful. Well, and maybe you can, right? Maybe you can work up the energy to do it five days a week, but for how long? Uh huh. And then how many of those are going to be bad workouts? You know, I don't know about you guys, but like, I don't, my workouts, they might vary in intensity, but I don't really have bad workouts anymore. Every time I train, it feels like it was 
a worthwhile uh, endeavor. It feels like it was. It feels like it was worth something. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like I said, some days I get more, and some days I get less. Mm-hmm. But because I'm not like white knuckling it, and I'm not trying so hard to get so much out of this one day, uh, the day can be the intensity of the day can be spread out more throughout the week. I actually noticed what you've been doing with um, Owen, and that's been amazing. Watching him lift, and I said, "Is your lifting kind of similar every day?" And he's like, "No, it's it's quite a bit different." And I said, well, that's not what I meant, but I meant like principle-wise, it's the same. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like in principle, it's pretty much the exact same every day because he's mentioning how he's doing like a wide variety of exercises. But what I meant by is it similar every day? He's doing a wide variety of exercises kind of in a shortened period of time. There's not a lot of rest in between sets. And what it does is it allows him to get in here and get good training sessions in. This is uh, in SEMA Helped Him Program. He's getting good quality training sets. This is a guy that we have here that uh, is a videographer for us who's 19 years old who just got into fitness. And it's been amazing watching his transformation happen so fast. I don't know what the fuck's going on with this kid. <laughs> yeah, he's it's, changing quick. It's, it's it's unbelievable. But the point is, is that he's not doing so much so intensely every day where it's like you should probably take two, three days off, then get yourself all fired up, get pre-workout in and, and get your favorite song on and, you know, go in here, guns blazing and just crush it again and then take another day off and then, you know, go back and forth. He's he's getting into it pretty much every single day and uh, spreading out that intensity and spreading out that fatigue so you don't have to clinch down so hard on on your every single day. What if somebody, right now they're maybe typing it out before we can even answer it, but uh, what if somebody feels like they have to have that like intensity that like they got to watch uh, CT Fletcher on the way to the gym and because that's what they're using for a um, little bit of motivation to kind of push through a solid workout. Mm-hmm. Because without that, maybe the workout will be kind of like, lackadaisical just kind of like eh, like a, going through the motions but when they do get that dose of motivation then they go extra hard bring it you know bring it but do it sparingly do it when it's necessary um when i played football probably the only thing that i was ever really good at was making other people think that i wasn't super aggressive at certain times and then bam being super aggressive out of nowhere mm-hmm. and having them go what the fuck i thought this dude was just kind of patty cake in here and there you know but and I'm sure jujitsu is the same. Like you hit people with these pulses. Don't think for one second that Insima, like we don't show a lot of clips of Insima grappling, but don't think for one second that he's not the intensity at which he would be able to bring you down or the intensity that you're going to go after someone's leg. Once you decided that that's in your best interest to do that or defend yourself or whatever it is, it's going to be at an intensity level that most people are not, not going to have any understanding on how to deal with. They're going to go, what the... Wow. Okay. <laughs> and say now, you know, now what do I do other than I guess maybe tap out? So it's not like the intensity isn't good. And if you came in here and trained with me, or you trained with Insema, you trained with Andrew, it's not like the intensity isn't there. There's some good intensity, but you're going to kind of be picking and choosing your spots. You're not always going to be bringing it. You're not always going to be going a hundred percent. I do think we have the luxury. Uh, at least for Insema and I, we've been training for so long to maybe we could we could throttle things back quite a bit. We also have those experiences, so we already know what those feel like. And if you're young, we understand you want to express yourself and you really do want to kind of overload and, and, and go for it here and there. But I would say like 90% of your training uh, should be done in these 
states where you're really just getting in. It's about the work that you're getting in. It's not necessarily hard work. It's just work. And it's work that your body is adapting to on the go. So some of it might feel more challenging than it did last week. But it's not exponentially so much more challenging to where it's like, this is brutal. I can't handle it. And mm-hmm. then you're not recovering. Then you're not sleeping. And you're causing a lot of negatives. You want your workouts to be a net positive. Most of the time, in most cases, not all the time and in all cases, but most of the time when you leave the gym, you want to say, that workout helped me. I feel better. I feel stronger rather than you just feel completely wiped out. And you're like, I don't know when the next time I'm going to get back in there is going to be. There is a concept. Andrew said, make it look easy. Um, and there is, there is a concept of like not stressing out your nervous system uh, because physically it may be extremely demanding physically, but mentally, you know, if you're not having to mentally hype yourself up, or or take a lot of pre-workout or use a lot of smelling salt or, you know, do a lot of things that are going to hype this up before, you know, getting your body going, you're going to be able to do it longer. That's why, like, like the, the thing that I think about when I do a lot of this is, like, I'm going to do very hard things, but I'm going to do things that make it feel less stressful. They're, they're physically difficult to do, right? But by relaxing my face it feels less stressful by breathing. It literally feels by having control of my breathing through my nose. It feels less stressful. And I'm able to do it for a longer period of time for consistent days on end, because literally I don't feel as stressed because of it. But when you're new to trying to do this stuff, like when, when you first started lifting and, and there was this video, I was pulling it up. Um, Cause you mentioned pulling up a CT Fletcher workout video. Mm-hmm. One of my workout videos that I'd pull up before lifting when I was younger was this, was this video from slim, simply shredded. And it was called train like hell. Mm-hmm. Um, if y'all want to go watch it, go check that video. Out. So you can pull some of it up for a second. <laughs> Actually, Andrew, pull it up. I love stuff like that. And people are, li- are people that are listening are like, yeah, what about the fuck your elbow video? And like, yeah, people are like, what about bringing it here and there in your training? Yeah, yeah. But that video, I would watch that video. Let me know which one it is. Train like hell. The top one? Right there. Yeah. I think I have okay. Yeah, we will hear it a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm already fired up. <laughs> I love this kind of shit, by the way. Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm getting goosebumps right now. <laughs> Fuck. I remember this, man. Yeah, <laughs> it gets it gets better. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. It's it now, was, I want to say sick. I want to say the movements that I'm watching people do right here are not insanely challenging. Although I'm starting to see people lift a little bit more weight, but it was somebody hitting a, a heavy bag, somebody doing a farmer's carry, somebody doing like axe chops and things like that, and they're the intensity isn't like completely wild. Yeah, but it was it was yeah. You know, I was doing bodybuilding training and like. This shit like this. When I was a teenager, this shit got me amped up, man. Like it got me a little hype. But um, like I think having to need to pull up less is something that that allows me to do it more consistently. So like for example, people ask if I use pre workout. I really don't. I used to use pre workout a lot, and I got to a point where I'd have to take multiple scoops. And I was mixing up pre workouts. But the fucked up thing was that after a certain period of time. On a day I didn't have my pre-workout, I didn't feel motivated to go train, and then I needed something to bring that up within me. That's why I made sure to – I slowly cut that out, and 
started relaxing my face, started controlling my breathing. And even though I can do hard things, I can do them more consistently because they literally don't feel hard up here mm. because I'm controlling the way I interpret the stress by relaxing my face and by getting better at breathing to slow everything down. One other thing I'll mention, which is, which is I think, a, a physical manifestation of what we're talking about here. When you go into a cold plunge, it's shocking, mm. right? And the immediate thing you want to do is, and if you keep doing that, your heart rate's going to stay elevated. But if you control your breathing, once you get into a cold plunge, I had my Apple watch on, my heart rate went up to 130, then immediately starts slowing down to 60 by controlling my breathing and relaxing my face. There, there are not, there, I think it's a fallacy that things are supposed to be done a hundred percent. Things are supposed to be done 110%. And yes, you should do things uh, to like the best of your capabilities, but it doesn't mean that you're doing things always to the most of your capabilities. You're not, you're not expressing the absolute maximum of what you're truly capable of. I, I would imagine for you and jujitsu, especially, especially with the people you train with, you don't always even have an opportunity to do that because there's younger people, there's newer people, uh, there's people of different body weight and you got to work on different strategies. I would imagine. Um, and especially just kind of like where you're elevating your game to. I mean, let's just be quite honest. You're 240 pounds and you're a fucking monster. So like, I'd imagine you have to, you have to like moderate that a lot, mm -hmm. but ask that of any high level individual, whether it's uh, a high level sprinter, uh, someone who's high level um, at running uh, Zach bitter, mm. like Zach bitter. What's Zach bitter is like his, his biggest problem in training is how to figure out how to mitigate, not going full bore, not going full blast. Um, when we had our buddy on that has a world record in the speed golf, uh, his name eludes me for a second. Kern. Yeah, uh, there we go, Brad Kern. Brad Kern. When we had Brad Kern on, Brad's like, my watch goes ding, 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 ding. And he goes like, it pisses me off because he's not allowed to be uh, out of this um, – Heart rate? Out of this specific heart rate. Mm. So there's no areas of life where going 100% or 110% actually truly benefits you the way that you might think it would. Maybe in emergency situations, maybe that would be, that would be it. But we can't learn and we can't grow. You, you know, you don't learn... When you, when you take classes when you're in school, there's probably a reason why... You, when you're young, you have multiple classes. Each class lasts about 45 minutes or so because you can't really learn a lot more about a subject. You know, imagine if they had you there for six or eight hours mm -hmm. and it was all like intense and, every, you know, you're just like short circuit. Anyone who's ever been to a seminar knows exactly what I'm talking about. Your brain's like, whoa, <laughs> like I can't even believe it. it's like 10 hours, three days in a row. And you don't remember shit from that. Mm -hmm. So there's never scenarios like that. Now I know, People are like, well, what about the Jay Cutler videos? And what about, what about CT? And what about these things? Those are, those are videos that are for a specific thing that are, that is done over a specific period of time to reach the absolute maximum result that someone could possibly reach. And the clips that you're seeing are representing a very small percentage of what that person's doing. Mm. I watched a video the other day of Jay Cutler, and I didn't even know this part of the story. Not only did Jay Cutler – Jay Cutler, fuck, man. That guy's such a badass. He is. Jay Cutler lost the Olympia, I think, five times in a row, <laughs> right? And he was able to crack through and, and beat Ronnie Coleman, the greatest bodybuilder of all time. 
But not only did that happen, he slipped up. He was doing well. He had a great body. He was kicking ass. He thought he was on top. And then Dexter Jackson came in and fucking brought it to him and kicked his ass. And the conversation quickly flipped around as like, oh, Jay's a new guy. Oh, now he's (laughs) now he's out, you know, and Dexter Jackson was the guy. And people were like, Jay Cutler's not going to be able to come back. He tore his bicep. He had all these things uh, happening. And the montage video is is fucking amazing because you're watching him. He's training with Hani Rombod and they build one of the freakiest physiques ever seen on stage at a body at a bodybuilding show. And Jay Cutler comes back with a vengeance and he and he uh, is victorious and it's fucking sick. Again, the video footage that you see when he's going through this intensity is is still representing a small percentage of the training. And I know that Jay Cutler is very intense, but still trust me on the fact that when he's doing his leg workouts, that he's not going in the gym and the first thing he's doing is maxing out. It's it's a warm up. He gets to these progressive weights. And then even the way that a bodybuilder trains, it's specific to the point where there's not a ton of rest involved. And so it's a lot of mind over matter type stuff where the intensity uh, of it becomes the volume of the exercise and the mental barrier and challenge of it. But he's still not doing the absolute maximum he can do every single day. Otherwise, he would not be able to recover from it. Power Project family, if you watch and listen to this podcast, my assumption is that you're probably the kind of guy or girl who doesn't just like to wear your gym clothes in the gym. But listen up, you can't be wearing those and one shorts at a wedding. Okay, buddy, you can't do that. That's why we've partnered with Viore Clothing, because not only are their clothes suitable for the gym so you can have the most comfortable and amazing workouts, but you can also wear them to the store, to the wedding, to dinner, anywhere. And you're just going to be looking so good. Andrew, how can the people get it? Yes, step your game up right now. Head over to viori.com slash power project. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash power project. And when you do, you'll receive 20% off your first order. Uh, Links to them down in the description as well as the podcast show notes. Let's get back to the podcast. No. He, he absolutely wouldn't be able to Jeez. <laughs> a big you got that baby face right there, man. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah, he was a phenom. I think that people don't really realize how, how young he was uh, coming up and coming through the ranks. He started out so young and just uh, – that's why, that's why so many people really uh, admire him and like him a lot. And Plus, he's got a just awesome personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still one of the best that I've ever met in this whole industry. Yeah. You know, like when, when you were mentioning the jujitsu thing, uh, when training, even even when working with like, I guess, uh, someone who's a really skilled black belt, um, in my head, I, I have a concept when sparring that I want to use the least amount of energy to the least amount of energy to tap anyone I work with. So it helps because then it allows me, number one, if I'm working with a blue belt or, or a white blue or a purple belt or something, I'm still focusing on using the least amount of stress to get to the end goal, which is tapping my opponent, which actually makes me be slicker and smoother. But if I was like coming out, I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm a fuck you up. I'm a blast you. Right. I'd get to the same end point of beating them. But the amount of stress that I probably put myself on the amount of energy I had to expend because I may have been forcing a lot of things that didn't need to be forced is way more. It's way more stressful and it's hard to pull that out all the time. But if I have a concept in my head of like, I'm going to do the least to beat you, 
it always feels so much easier and it's always a much smoother experience for both parties because they're safe, I'm safe, and I'm, I'm getting better at technique at, at doing what I'm doing, doing what I need to do more efficiently. Did you have to do, I mean, oops, did you do that early on though? Because I'm, I'm just imagining again, anybody who's just starting out, they're just like, dude, I can't be calm doing jujitsu. Oh, no, dude. The, the big things that helped me was Patrick McEwen learning about nasal breathing and applying mm-hmm. that. And one thing that I think is really important to mention here is that, for example, when, when I was learning how to do nasal breathing or focusing on nasal breathing, not only was I doing that during my workouts in the gym during jujitsu, but I was taping my mouth and doing that when I slept, right? Because by nasal breathing when sleeping, that actually helped me to be more uh, aware of doing it during the day. If I spent eight hours a night not nasal breathing, breathing through my mouth, it'd be much harder for me to do it during exercise and working out. Mm-hmm. But I think that also if an individual starts relaxing their face in the gym, it's not going to be the easiest thing because you're used to <clears throat> grimacing when you're doing heavy loads. But if you start learning how to relax your face, it's going to become more intuitive. Breathing through your nose, it's going to become more intuitive. That will honestly make it easier for you to relax on your day to day. Because to be honest, like a lot of the, there are a lot of stresses that happen with family, etc. But physically, they're not maybe as stressful as the gym. And if the gym, if the gym is something that it's not a stress for you, it's actually easy for you. It's one of the easiest things of your day. A lot of other things are going to become easy for you too. You're also not sweating it when it's time to go to the gym. And Andrew, I understand your your point, but I still think like optimal is optimal. And it doesn't really matter whether you're talking about someone that's brand new to it or someone that's been doing it for a long time. Maybe where things might get a little weird is like intermediate, like when you're in the middle. Like when you're in the middle, you might have to try to figure out how to have a breakthrough. And so therefore, I can understand a good argument of like, yeah, like if you're a runner, you're probably going to hurt your ankle or your hamstring at some point because you are – Trying to keep up with the guy next to you. Like mm-hmm. those things are naturally going to happen. That competition level is going to bring out something, some of the best in you and some of the worst in you. Like you should stay in your own lane and probably not focus on the guy next to you and run your time or however you want to put it. But there's a method um, in training that has been well studied and many people have utilized it. It's called, a, I believe it's called a Mathetone method. You'd have to look some of it up, but. Anyway, it's just somebody's last name that got created the system. And basically, it's in reference to staying within a heart range, staying within a healthy range to to uh, allow you to be able to expand upon uh, being able to gain more endurance. Now, there's you would think that other aspects of training work way differently than this, but they really don't. You know, when you are going as hard as possible or when you're doing something that seems quite the opposite of like building stamina or endurance, something like sprinting, it actually is weird how we just still end up with similar protocols. Now, they are different percentage wise, but it still doesn't mean that you go to 95 percent all the time. I've said this many times on the show. Um, World class sprinters, the best sprinters in the world, they run their best times usually at the Olympics. And they don't mess with it any other time. So like in eight years, uh, Hussein Bolt, my, his best times are at the Olympic Games and his, and they're not even really truly his best times because if you remember, he like walked across the finish line. I want to note something there. If you pull up Usain yeah, Bolt. Yeah, watch their faces when they're running. Bam, man. Yeah. Like if you look at it, like while going on an all-out sprint, breaking a world record, look at his fucking face. And there might be, there, there might be uh 
some distortion of his face when he gets to a certain point of the race. If the guy next to him, like there, there might be a little bit of that. But again, the majority of what you're going to see is is people being a little bit more relaxed. Um, one of the greatest ways to cause harm to your body is to overdo shit and end up with like DOMS or end up with uh, uh, a lot of people end up with heart issues that love to do triathlons and stuff because they're redlining their heart um, the the entire time. We've had guests on the show that have talked about nasal breathing and all the way to the point where we've had people say that you should do a lot, not even a lot of your training through nasal breathing. You should only train like this is where things get to be debatable because I would say, well, you know, it's probably good to push past that occasionally. Mm-hmm. And also from a mental standpoint, uh, that restriction kind of feels like not so fun because you do want to let loose every once in a while. But point noted is that, fuck, man, maybe that's super effective. And maybe how about this? How about just for a month or a few weeks, you try to train and say, I'm going to see if I can not wince or make a noise while I'm lifting. And just breathe through my nose and see what – that's just a different – it's a different um, – it's a different straining, a training stimulus. I mm-hmm. want to see if I can do four sets of uh, 15 reps, dumbbell bench press mixed with uh, some kettlebell swings back and forth for seven minutes, very little rest, see how many rounds I can get done. If I need to breathe and, and take a break in between, I'm going to do so, but I'm only going to practice nasal breathing. I'm not going to make one. I'm not going to try my best not to make a face. That's a new challenge. That's mm-hmm. a new challenge. I'm trying to relax throughout the whole movement. I want to make sure when I do my swings that I get good range of motion. Well, maybe the weights that you use are different than the weights that you used to use. Absolutely. And, you know, if some grunts or whatever come out involuntarily, it happens because like, for example, if, if I do a, a, a rough set of, like, Nordics, my mouth opens and, like, shit comes out of my mouth because it just – it like, literally, I can't do that <laughs> while staying still. I remember with Michael Hearn. Do you mm-hmm. remember that shit? Oh, mm-hmm. I, I think about that every day. Yeah. There was, we were doing some shit where I was just <laughs> like – First time I heard in Seema Towards squeal. the end of the fucking set, I was just like, oh! <laughs> but it was like – even had, like, a little high pitch to it also. <laughs> it was <laughs> – I was like, is he okay? I've never heard him make a sound, like, especially like that during lifting. Cause like, and it was involuntary. I wasn't purposely making a sound for like, you right. know. Trying to hype everyone up or whatever. That shit just came out of me because it needed to come out. So if it needs to come out, let it out. But try to do, like, it, it should even get to a point where it's not that you're trying to do something and, and make it not look stressful. For me, since I've been doing it so long, I'm not trying to keep my face relaxed. My face is just relaxed. I'm not trying to breathe through my nose. My, my just breathe through my nose. That's what happens after you do it for a while. It just becomes what you do, not something you are now trying to do. Go to a place where people um, are well-trained or well-conditioned in anything and start to observe them. You're going to have different people do to handle things different ways. But when John Hack was here, he podcasted with us, and he just kind of strolled into the gym. Um, he asked for a certain music to be on here and there, but he didn't really care. And if the music wasn't on, he, he would have lifted all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it is nice to get a little boost from some of that, but I didn't see – he didn't bark or make one noise or like – I didn't see him like slap chalk on himself or ask anybody to hit him in the back. No smelling salts. This is a str- one of the strongest guys to ever live casually benched 540 after squatting 700 pounds and he's got like 
a torn quad or something. Um, and also when he deadlifted uh, nearly 900 pounds at the end of a competition to do the biggest total in the history of the 198-pound weight class, which also broke the record for the 220-pound weight class and the 242-pound weight class, uh, he, the did the fuck, dead, he did that 898-pound deadlift with, I think he had two slightly torn quads. Mm-hmm. And again, like, yeah, like his face turns red as he's like handling the weight at the top. I'm sure there was some little bit of noise that happened with that lift. Most weight he's ever lifted puts the weight down and he's like, yeah, like that's kind of the end of it. And he like walks off. And this is a lifelong journey to um, do like a 1100 kilo total or whatever the fuck. It's just like, it's just disgusting. You know, you're watching it happen. But if you're his training partner, or your training partner is a little stronger than you, the greatest thing that you can do is to continually work on staying in your lane and continually working on making sure that you get a similar amount of work that the guy that's better than you gets in, but not the similar amount of weights. You Mm. might have to do an extra set. You might have to do an extra rep, but nothing forced. Just it's, you know, in football, they say, uh, take what the defense gives you, and you're probably doing similar maneuvers in jujitsu. Like I'm just, okay, the guy's not the guy's super resilient to this. I don't know what the fuck his problem is. He won't let me get this. I'm like okay, this other thing's like wide open. I'm going to go for that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to really always be so forceful, and you'll find that when you when you learn this skill set of not trying to force everything, things will just start to come easier. And all the other goals that you had, the goal of being leaner. Uh, the goal of like just kind of wanting more energy throughout the day, like all these other goals, they'll start to fall into place. Your diet, everything will be easier when you're not like forcing these workouts and, and forcing uh, your strength. I think it falls into what you talk about all the time, equanimity. Like it's like you're just unperturbed with everything. Like, <laughs> and it's not it's 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 impossible to be unperturbed with everything. There are going to be things that get to you, but the, the more you can like. Lifting shouldn't be one of the things that stresses you out, yo. Like it really shouldn't be fit. Like the stuff that you're trying to do for your fitness, the hobbies that of the physical hobbies that you enjoy, these should be things that bring you joy. Like if you ever, like I used to watch a lot of soccer when I played soccer. And if you ever watch guys like Messi or Ronaldo play soccer or Ronaldinho, I think is a, is a, is a better example. He's a Brazilian dude. He doesn't play anymore, but dude always just looks happy and graceful on the field. He never looks like he's forcing anything. Mm-hmm. Like he's just doing things with such just pure, just it, it's beautiful the way he does it. Like you can't say anything else other than that was, that's just beautiful, swift, graceful movement. Mm-hmm kind of want to replicate that in the gym. Like that's what, that's the place you want to get to. Um, and in a practical sense, if you guys are like how well y'all are talking about this, how can we apply it? Start with just first off paying attention to your face. And secondly, start paying attention to your breathing. Okay. Start nasal breathing. We talk about it all the time, but try breathing through your nose, through your workout. And if you get to a point in cardio wise where you're, it's so strenuous or you have to open your mouth. Okay. Then you can open your mouth. But keep a majority of the things, majority of your workout through your nose, because that's going to help slow your heart rate down and make it easier for you to actually be calm enough to relax your face. If you look at any of these old systems that have been developed through um, uh, some of the Russian techniques that were utilized to make their athletes insanely strong, um, the Bulgarian system, um, uh, even like even Gracie Jiu Jitsu, uh, anything that you look at, 
and that's kind of written out on paper, you're not going to find anywhere in the literature that references that you have to kill yourself to do any of it. It's all kind of like mathematical. Perlipin's chart, which is a chart still utilized today uh, for people to get as strong as possible. It lists out the reps and sets and overall volume that you need to get stronger. Everything is just a mathematical accumulation that you build up. The only the only requirement is just like a lot of, I guess you'd say, and once you get to this point, the interesting thing is you wouldn't even consider it to be resilience, but maybe in the beginning you would. You just have to be able to demonstrate that you're going to be consistent with something for a long time. So it's just, it's, it's literally, it's, it's just going to take time for you to get good at that thing because the time requirement, uh, the reason why there's such a time requirement to it is because you have to get acclimated to it and different people are going to respond differently in different ways. And it might take one person longer to acclimate versus another person, but there is no shortcut to it. It just is a mathematical equation. You're five by five that you're super, you have tons of anxiety about this week. It doesn't really make sense to have a lot of anxiety over it. What that shows me is that your percentage is a little bit too high Mm -hmm. because it should be a fairly simple mathematical equation. You're five by five, your 25th rep of your last, your last rep of your last set should look fairly similar to your first rep of your first set. That is a Charles Poliquin quote. And I think that that is the very definition of what we're talking about here today. And if you can figure out a way to get, th- imagine getting through all your five by fives and your three sets of three. And as you get close to a powerlifting meet, imagine the reserve that you're going to feel you have when it comes your turn to do your third attempt squat. You know, mm-hmm. you're now going to feel like really empowered and you're going to be like, I wonder what it's going to be like when I unleash my absolute full capacity, when I actually take this thing to the end. Um, we had a, we had, we had a, we had a, (laughs) (laughs) you know, yeah, yeah. Well, it's very, very similar to that. Edging. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot of edging in your training. That's exactly, that's exactly what it is. I'm trying to think of the lifter that came out here. Um, I always want to say cloak off, but it's, uh, it's not cloak off. It's, um, I know. Oh, uh, Misha, mind. Uh, Misha, Mikhail, Mikhail Kokilev. Yeah. That's a different, that's a different, that's a different guy. Okay. Different lifter. Uh, Mikhail, but yeah, cold mind that works too. But Mikhail Kokilev talked a lot about like, you're just teasing everything the whole time. (laughs) And he, he's, uh, he deadlifted over 900 pounds. And when he was asked about like what he did in his training, he did sets of three and sets of six. And he's, he was like, he said he was so mad. He was like irritable, you know, this is kind of the same way you would get if you were doing that to yourself, like in a sexual way, he did it months on end. Right. Anyway, the point is, is when he got to the competition, he was able to lift way more than he ever expected. And when he did do the lift, it still wasn't his absolute maximum. Mm -hmm. It looked like he could still handle even more. And so you want to build that accumulation up (laughs) and you want to have it explode on game day. (laughs) Just busting nuts all over the platform. (laughs) (laughs) We always somehow get here. Mm -hmm. By the way, guys. have no um, choice. If you haven't already, you got y'all got to go listen to our episode that we had with Anna Lemke because mm-hmm. it's it's out now. Go listen to that. She we talked a lot about like different addiction, food, drugs, porn, all that good stuff, and um, it's it was an amazing episode. I, I learned a lot from it. So 
Go listen to that, too. Let's see if we can bring up that clip. I don't think we brought up that clip yet of uh, GSP where his coach uh, tells him, hey, man, you just you need to breathe and basically shut the fuck up and listen to me. Let me. It's a short one, so here we go. Oh, yeah. Let's get that breathing under control, Mr. St. Pierre. I don't care. I don't care, George. Hey, look at me. This is where champions are made. Do you understand me? Yep. Nothing matters now. Hit him with your groin. You got my mentality? I love that. The cool thing is I've heard George St. Pierre talk about, number one, he talks about fasting a lot. He's mentioned how he wished he did that when he was actually fighting because yeah. he focuses better. But he's also talked about nasal breathing. He's talked a lot about nasal breathing and how important it is to him as a fighter in able to, in, while trying to be calm in training and in combat. So if this guy's trying to focus on that in combat, can you try to do that in the gym? Mm. And what kind of benefit can that yeah. bring you? Coaching is really, really dope. And uh, what's the coach's name in this one? Uh, that was Jackson. Um, fuck, Winkle John. Uh, I forgot his first name. This specific coach? Oh, no, this one was, this this was, this was um, Jackson. Greg Jackson? Greg Jackson. Greg Jackson. There you go. Um, yeah, sorry, everybody. Everyone's like, you pieces of shit. How do you not know these <laughs> These are the greatest coaches of all time? We we know. We know. We know. And one of them's <laughs> been on this podcast, so calm yeah, down. <laughs> I know. And we're not, yeah, we don't know what the hell their names are sometimes. Because um, we're not, like, super steeped in uh, UFC and, and fighting, although we love it and have tons of respect for it. Mm-hmm. The point is, is though, when George St. Pierre, when he sits on the stool in between rounds, the coach already knows that he's disturbed and he's disrupted and he's been moved off of his normal pattern. And before George even says anything to him, he's like, let's get our breathing under control. Cause he's recognizing like, man, the chest is moving in a bunch of different ways. And like, what's this, who's this frantic George St. Pierre athlete that's coming at me. This is not the normal guy that I'm training with. That's laughing. That's having a good time. That's kicking the shit out of people. Something is a little different. And so right away, he refers to his breathing. And I love the fact that, you know, he's telling him, hey, I recognize something's off. Get your breathing. Get your shit together. George St. Pierre's response is, I better tell my coach I got a really cool excuse. (laughs) And he's like, I think I tore my groin. And he's like, I don't care. It doesn't mean that he doesn't like actually literally care. Of course, mm-hmm. he cares about the health of his friend and the health of his, the guy that he's training. But it's just not helpful or useful uh, in that moment. Uh, that that's not going to be anything that's going. To, you're not going to be able to go over to the other fighter and say, "Hey, just so you know, uh, George, you know, he tore his groin. So if you don't mind, you know, maybe you don't go after the championship belt, you know, so harshly in this next round, and maybe you could kind of just let him score some points so he can win." Like there's not going to be a scenario where that's going to happen. So he tells him he doesn't care. And then he kind of tells him what to focus on. So Mm -hmm. I think that that is great recognition by a coach in focusing in on the thing that matters most is how do we calm you down? How do we get you ready for the next round? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, And when you mentioned frantic again, there's no situation where it's helpful to be frantic. Uh, Maybe unless, you know, those, those, those situations here of mothers picking up cars off their kids, like that's a, you know, yeah, maybe an emergency, you can you make know, it, yeah. right? Yeah. Like something like you got to move really quickly. Right. But, but typically, you know, again, I, I, I think the best scenario I can go to, and we talked about this with Anna Huberman's talked about this before, um, situation in life where you can train this a bit is not just in the gym, but like 
We talked about taking cold showers, slowing down your breathing to calm down because your body doesn't like that. Mm. It doesn't like it. So it's like you train your body to calm down a cold plunge. You train your body to calm down in a really physically uncomfortable, stressful situation. You can do that. It makes it easier to do that when you're doing more stressful things. Yeah. But even in that situation, I know like the picking up of the car thing mm-hmm. is like different, but like if like a, a, your house was on fire and you're running around frantically, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, you're not going to no. Like if you stay calm. So like, yeah, it definitely spills over everywhere else. It does. You're yeah. right. Um, what about the recent scenario of the uh, guys trying to hold up that uh, convenience store? You guys see that clip? Oh, where he fucking KOs him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's was it these... two guys came in and then... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah two guys came into the uh, convenience store and um, the guy that was in there happened to be like, I think a Marine or Navy SEAL or something like that, someone who's trained. And he's holding a bag because it looked like he was maybe uh, the customer. He looked like he was like maybe maybe shop somewhere else or something and he had some like goods in his hand. And he's like waiting in line to purchase more stuff at this convenience store. He notices these two kids like coming in and he turns his attention over to them and he sees like first of all the guys like his assessment of the gun is like rather than like holy motherfucking shit it's a gun. He's like that isn't really how you hold a gun if you're trained. Ah, and so he is totally calm both hands down to his side and then he just acts upon it right away (laughs) but he didn't he didn't freak out at all i mean um when they slowed it down it was kind of like unbelievable but also too you'll you'll notice and this is what i said earlier about kind of picking your shot take Taking your time and and knowing like where and when to explode into stuff and where and when to bring up the intensity. Once it was time to go, he fucking went. And he when when they interviewed him, he's like, "I'm just an old man, you know." He's like, he's not old by any means, but he just means like I'm out of shape. Yeah. And uh, so he he's not like tremendously fit or anything, but he's also not. He doesn't look like he's out of shape either. Mm-hmm. It's like he's somewhere strong uh, in the middle. He looks, yeah, he looks like very strong. But he exploded with everything he had in that moment when when it was necessary, and not before or not you know not after. That's what we're talking about. He fucking just jumped, jumped right into that shit. Unfortunately, they found out that those those uh, guys that were holding up that store were super young. I think it was like fourteen year old kid or something like that. Man. But yo, if you oh, come in fuck. with a gun, you're gonna get fucking smoked. Yeah. <laughs> it was those island boys. Mm. Did you have you seen that video? No. You haven't seen that video? No. You of all people? I don't know what you're talking oh about. Oh my right god. Now. These guys have gotten so popular. I'm gonna have to look it up now. The island Give, boys? One second. Because I'm an island boy. You haven't seen it. Heard no. it. These fuck okay. Hold on. Let me, I have to find this now. Cause everyone knows exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. I'm starting like I'm Bars starting to feel school. like you and Mark. Man, like, yeah, you're not aware of shit. Yeah, yeah. Becoming... We got social media now. Mm. Oh, it's going to take me a minute. Damn it. I'm stuck in the 90s, somewhere. though. Even my music is like all 90s music. It, it really is. I'm the majority kind of, music of it. you listen to mostly. <laughs> so this is going to be really funny, man. Um, I do listen to like rap and stuff, like when I'm getting ready to work out or I didn't, some. I didn't say I didn't imply that you. Listen no, 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 no. I'm I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this, like like pop smoke and that type of stuff. But I'm listening to that stuff like before I'm about to maybe go do some jujitsu or maybe work out or something like that. Right. Outside of that, I've been listening to like Cranberries Radio on, on Spotify. Y'all know the Cranberries are this '90s band. Uh, 
I listen to just like a lot of like really chill, happy music. That's you like music of, a lot though, right? I, I mean, like music a lot. You're you you've been uh, uh, playing the piano and yeah. messing around with the guitar and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that from time. Is it yours? Your mom into it too? Did she kind of she encourage sings. you in some of that? Oh, she yeah, sings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she sings. Oh, my mom's awesome. a really good singer. Um, that's dope. But yeah, the, so. my music taste is very. Uh, <laughs> no, if you look at me, the things you hear me listen to. You you'd you'd be like, is this a is this a, a white girl's playlist? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about Taylor Swift or anything like that, yo. But I'm just saying, like, it's not. There it might be look some like of that me. mixed in. Nah, not Taylor Swift. Well, Maybe. No audio though. Fuck. <laughs> Killing me that I can't hear this. Crazy. <laughs> Andrew, it's just wonderful watching you. You struggling That's right so now for some sad. reason. Look at him scramble. <laughs> Oh, guys, guys, comment for uh, Andrew's struggles right now towards the end of this podcast. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's. Why can't I hear it? <laughs> oh, maybe YouTube. Here we go. Yo, for real, what happened to my fucking. Oh, right, here we go. Check it out. Oh, wow. I, I'm a just island boy. I'm a just island boy. Are these? No. I'm surprised TikTok isn't going fucking berserk for this. Like, it probably is. I just haven't like, seen it. No. No. What are these guys about? What are they doing? They're just some, no some, idea. some white boys that are dreaded their hair and they're trying to do like an island accent. Okay. So everyone. So everyone started making fun of them, but naturally, the way the internet is so disgusting, they're now getting like sponsorship deals and all kinds. Kinds of shit. Because I'm an island boy. <laughs> shit, man. I'm going to download this shit. Put on yeah. Turn it off. That's just fire, oh, son. God. Those, bo- those boys are great. Dude. <laughs> Jeez. Dude, it goes Tupac, Biggie, Eminem, these guys. Island boys. <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> So, hey, fuck what we just said. You know, let everything disturb you, including that video. You know? I saw it. I got so, I was, I, mean, I, I was entertained. And then as I, did you make it? Oh, in and out. It would have gone in though, but. But yeah. it's a cylinder that you have to get something inside. Another, another rim job. Yeah. Uh, I forgot. Oh, so I, I saw it and I was like laughing at it. I'm like, no way this is real. I'm like, those are like fake tattoos. Like, nope, it's all real. And then my first thought was like, somebody's going to give them a lot of money to do some kind of ad. Like the and cash me outside girl. Like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. yeah. Y'all remember when like she turned mm-hmm. 18 and like Aww. her, she made a million dollars or something like a day. A old, you got to imagine the, the motherfuckers that signed up to that OnlyFans account. Uh, y'all are creeps. You're like, I can't wait till she gets to 18. <laughs> yo, like, <laughs> the bird man really? thing. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, just a bunch of island boys. <laughs> oh, oh. Relax when you're fucking lifting. All right, do the best you can. We're not saying to do it all the time and to practice it with every single thing that you do, but uh, you know it could be something that you work on. Could just be another strategy that you utilize uh, when you're lifting. And maybe at first, just see if you can do it in some of your warm ups. Mm -hmm. Great place to start with it.
Andrew, take us on out of here, buddy. I will, and I'm going to go have some Magic Spoon after this, so that way what? I'm not eating it on microphone. Uh, if you guys want to, head over to magicspoon.com slash powerproject to pick up your uh, variety pack for five bucks off. And uh, please follow the podcast at Mark Bell's Power Project on Instagram, at MB Power Project on TikTok and Twitter. My Instagram and Twitter is at I am Andrew Z at the Andrew Z on TikTok and Sima, where you at? And Sima Inyang on Instagram and YouTube and Sima Yin Yang on TikTok and Twitter. And guys, make sure, go back to some of the episodes that we've done recently. We, we've, we had great Greg set. we had Andrew Huberman, we had Anna Lemke, we had John Hack, like, shh, you motherfuckers fire. gotta catch up. You really do. Fire. You really do. Mark? You gotta catch up, and you gotta catch up and stay on, stay on top of uh, all the social media stuff that we're pumping out through the Power Project, through your Instagram, through your TikTok, through my Instagram, my TikTok. There's a lot of stuff to keep up with, but you guys gotta figure out a way to keep up. I'm at Mark Smelly Bell. Strength is never weak this week, this is never strength. Catch y'all later. <laughs>